You are listening to the Holy Cannoli Podcast. It's all about making sense of life, who we are, and why we're here. Life is sacred and life is strange. And here's our dad, Tony Gapastone. Okay, hey, it's episode five of Holy Cannoli. Hello, podcast addicts, strangers, and friends. Thanks for tuning in. My wife and I are sitting around the big microphone right now. Hi, everybody. Hi, we just had a date. It was fun. Yeah, it's a Wednesday morning, and we went to the freaking most early show possible. We were at the door of the Century 20 Theater (laughs) knocking on it at 9 o'clock trying to buy our (laughs) tickets because the show started at 9.30. We saw Fallen World. Jurassic, Jurassic World. World. Oh, Fallen Jurassic World. Fallen Fallen Kingdom. Kingdom. Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. And that was our date because our kids are all in camp. The one week of summer, all our kids are gone. Dang, you guys, it's exhausting. Are you are you exhausted, honey? I'm exhausted, but this has been amazing <laughs> having this is the one week all summer, yeah, that we have them uh, all three together. So as soon as we drop them off, we're like, it's go time. Praise be. Pa- parents, you know, <laughs> you know when the clock starts ticking, you're like, let's make the most of this. Uh, so now we're sitting at our table. We have not eaten lunch yet. We just said, let's get to the podcast. We have time uninterrupted. Let's do it. What do you want to talk about today, babe? Well, you... Your last episode was you telling your story, mm-hmm. and you wanted to do a little follow up on that. Maybe well, here's why flesh out yes. some more things. Here's why we need to follow up again. Uh, as I said on episode four, I got another message. Uh, so my friend Ed Portillo in Pasadena messaged me last night. Keep Wendy on the podcast, as if Aww. there was an option to kick you off. I Thanks, think because Ed. I did most of the podcast by myself last week, people are just making sure. That you stay on and involved. So I That's thought, so nice. Yeah, I'm giving the the podcast addicts, strangers, and friends what they want. They want <laughs> Wendy Gaffastone. I've already been on way more than I ever thought. So isn't that thank funny? You. That's sometimes how it works, honey. Like in in the creative industry in Hollywood, people get cast for a one episode appearance, and then all of a sudden, the people tell the people the, speak. The people speak and. The powers that be say, yes, give this person a whole arc of their own. So, And you know what? Let's just put a plug out there for Timeless because we both love Timeless mm. and Timeless was canceled. Timeless was canceled and then people on spoke NBC. And they brought it back. Yep. And then they canceled it again. Okay, but now there's a whole new uh, there's a whole new like rallying to try to get Netflix to pick it up or oh, something really? else. Yeah. Save oh, Timeless is trending. Okay. So I wanna just shout out because I know Abigail Spencer, one of the actors on there. She plays Lucy, the uh time no, what is it, the historian. Yeah. And yes. So a la timeless, save timeless hashtag, uh, keep Wendy on Holy Cannoli oh, is, is trending sweet. right Thank now. Thank you. So yes, you want to flesh out, you want to talk about what episode four is about? Do you want to add any insight questions? You, you kind of tapped me a little bit about my addressing the podcast listeners. Do you yes. want to talk about that? Yeah. Well, you start out and you say like, Hey, strangers, podcast addicts, something else. And friends. Do you say friends? I do sometimes. Oh. I friends, podcast addicts and strangers, something like that. Okay. I'll have to go back and listen. But I yeah. was saying that when you say strangers, it makes people feel more removed from you. Okay. And maybe you should address listeners in, in a, a more different like, way. Like friends. Hey, yeah. friends. Hey, friends. Well, the reality is I was trying to, you know, a lot of podcasts or, you know, fans of different whatever. TV shows. Sure. They have their names. Like, for instance, Timeless, they were called Clock 
blockers. Clock no, blockers. Really? That was the name of the fan base. That's fun. So I was thinking, since Holy Cannoli is all about embracing the strange, you know, and the sacred, I was thinking strangers would be a fun name because we're strangers. And it's also a reference to scripture. We are aliens in this land. We are mm-hmm. strangers uh, in the world. And that's how we identify or even how scripture can identify ourselves, strange people. So I'm not trying to alienate any listeners by any means. I mean, the reality You're saying is. strangers like strange 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 people not like i've never met you right well that's i mean a stranger you know i kind of like double entendre a little bit like holy cannoli <laughs> that's, not double that's not double entendre <laughs> what's double entendre it means something that has a double meaning is double entendre i think it's sexual, sexual. is it sexual <laughs> oh man that means we need to put the the warning on this podcast oh now okay. i could be wrong but that's what, what i hear and we don't have show notes yet i know we got messages do you have show notes no we don't it's we're exhausted. We just are trying to talk on a microphone and change the world. Okay, maybe one day. Yeah, maybe one day. So okay, so we'll definitely take ideas and suggestions on the Facebook page from people how we could be addressing. Does strangers alienate people? Should we say holy strangers? Hey, holy strangers. What about hey cannolis? Cannolis, but that oh, you okay, can't do that's a thing. Okay, remember that cannoli is already plural oh, in whoa. Italian. So, could we call could we call you Holy Rollers? What's up, Holy Rollers? No. No? Mm-mm. We'll okay. have to keep thinking. Okay. Well, we'll take suggestions. But anyways, when I do stay strangers, it's a good thing. Uh, although I do want to be friends with you. Perfect. With the world. Okay. Anything else you want to? Um, it sounds like you, you said the word redneck because you <laughs> talked about people in uh, your high school. Okay. And then you kind of recognized as you were speaking, yeah. you're like, oh, I don't know if I should be saying that. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about that? Okay. So I already did apologize, I think, in episode I four. I think you did, yeah. But I did, was talking to Wendy off podcast saying it really irked me for a little bit longer afterward even after I recorded it and I was going to censor it. I was going to take it out, but here's what I felt compelled to do. I felt maybe this was a holy moment, a transcendent strange moment from God in the heavens that I needed to post it. I needed not to edit it and put it out there so that I could follow up and talk about it. And maybe if there was any feedback or any people that were hurt by that, uh, because of this, because I don't want to be a person who labels people negatively. Yes, there, that word is out there, and yes, it can be funny, and yes, it is a maybe um, stereotype. Mm-hmm. But with that, it is a stereotype. It's a negative stereotype, and I'm sorry for that. I felt a conviction. I felt, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, what, what's the um, what does Paul say? Not shame, not guilt, but you have this sense of knowing what you did or said isn't right. And there comes with it. Oh yeah, this is what it, there's a godly sorrow. Mm. So God is not about shaming us or making us feel this guilt, but he is about letting us feel something that is good, that has a reaction that changes us. So all that to say, like another podcaster we listened to, Jen Hatmaker, she used the word white trash one time and she had a 
public confession as well. And I thought, okay, in a similar way, I just wanted to re- revisit that again. Say, I'm sorry, I don't want this podcast to tear people down. I do want to talk about real things. My high school experience was challenging at times because I definitely felt as if I didn't fit in. My city city boy vibe, my desire to listen to Depeche Mode and The Cure instead of Guns N' Roses and Metallica mm-hmm. did not fit in the culture. Mm-hmm. My artsy-fartsy uh thespian self always felt like I was on the outs in that space and that was just what I wanted to reflect that it was a difficult time so again sorry yeah um one thing I thought would be cool for you to talk about is kind of your perspective about um Hollywood and finding God in Hollywood and seeing God in movies Mm -hmm. I know um, we've had conversations before where I'm like, really? Like, what about a horror film? Like, can you Mm -hmm. find God in a horror film Mm -hmm. or things that are just seem so evil or so Mm -hmm. wrong? So can you talk a little bit about kind of how you came to understand that you could find God in all these different mediums? Mm -hmm. Yeah. As a follow up before we get there too, in episode four, remember that was recorded in February ish, I think. And we, I didn't know if we might even be in Los Angeles at the time. So here we are, this will be posted the first Monday in July and we are not in Los Angeles. We are in Bay area, still Northern California because, uh, lots of different factors. I'll give a little brief synopsis synopsis. We ended up staying in Redwood city to start a nonprofit arts organization called Brave Maker. You can check it out at bravemaker.org and find out about what my mission and vision is with that. But yeah, I've always felt that I could experience God through creativity and storytelling and filmmaking. And remember, as I said in episode four, I didn't feel I had permission to be a part of that world. I felt as if the, the words or the message was it's scary and stay away from it. But I really feel in this kind of wholly strange way that I was kind of beckoned into or back into the Hollywood world. And again, not being in Hollywood, but still being in the world of film and TV and the creative industry, because I I believe that stories forever and a day since the creation of time have been what have propelled the world forward, have made and shaped the world and now to have changed the world. And yes, are there, are there stories that might have, you know, scary elements and horror and destruction, all that kind of stuff that some people feel they're not comfortable with or they're too sensitive to. I bless you to do that. I bless you not to watch those things or, mm-hmm. or potentially to draw boundaries, especially when you have children and, you know, we have to talk about what we partake in, what we see, what we, what we hear, what we uh, think about and that type of thing. But on the other side, for me, I think the, the, the words from scripture that come to my mind is may we have eyes to see and ears to hear what the spirit is saying. And so film and TV have really been, Gardeners are here. Whoa. Oh, it's Wednesday. <laughs> oh, we got the oh, leaf blower. Yeah, Maybe we need perfect. to pause. Let's pause. <laughs> okay. Well, while the gardener is doing his thing, this could be a good time to talk about our sponsor, Cumbre Gear. Go to cumbregear.com and they will give you 20% off your purchase. And Cumbre is one of my favorite hats ever. If you go to cumbregear.com, that's K U M B R E, gear. 
Com, you'll see my hat. My favorite hat is this gray hat with their cool logo. It looks like a mountain with this eagle, and it's called the Harlem. Now that I want you to copy me. Yeah, if you've looked on, <laughs> all they have to do is like browse your Instagram. <laughs> Any pictures of you, you're probably wearing it. I'm wearing that hat. All the time. It's so cute. They have a cool trucker hat too, the vib- vibration trucker, and comes in all this different colors like olive and blue and black. The vibration trucker hat's pretty cool too. I definitely give my stamp of holy cannoli approval on that (laughs) and ladies obviously you can get these um hats too but then they also have yoga leggings they have some cool woven blankets i have my eye on a couple of them there's um fleece blankets so it's worth a look for sure they all have fun names too honey buffalo plaid chevron indigo damask is that damask indigo uh uh-oh now i gotta put the the warning because i said damn (laughs) <laughs> Just kidding. As part of a word, I think you're okay. <laughs> okay. So check it out, coombregear.com. Thanks to my friends in Park City, Utah, Janine and Lamont White for being a sponsor of Holy Cannoli. Oh, by the way, you get 20% off How? when you go to your cart after you choose whatever items you're going to get. So go to your cart and then do the discount code and put Holy Cannoli and you will get 20% off. That's awesome. Yeah, pretty do cool. It, people. All right. Back to the podcast. All right. So what were we talking about, babe? We were talking before the gardener came about evil and horror movies and that type of thing and how it's okay to draw boundaries, but just don't be all judgy about it. And don't <laughs> don't push God out of those movies. And here's why. Because Scott Derrickson, who is the director of Doctor Strange. Remember that Marvel movie, Doctor yeah, Strange? with Benedict. Benedict Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch. Benedict. Benedict Cumberbatch. What a name. Like That's... That's a name right That's there. That's a name. Benedict Cumberpatch. Somebody should name their dog that. Benedict Cumberpatch? Yeah. Is it Batch or Patch? Batch. Batch, like a batch of... Cookies. Cookies. Not like a patch of weeds. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. exactly. So Scott Derrickson, the director, he also directed a film called Exorcism of Emily Rose. And I actually heard him speak at the Biola University media conference years ago. He is a follower of Jesus, uh, otherwise known as Christian, but that word is becoming so tainted now in culture, and I get why. So let's use follower of Jesus. If you follow him on Twitter, he's always talking about God, spiritual things, scripture. He's also very opinionated in politics, as one should, if you are uh, biased about whatever you believe in. Be, do it and be bold. He, and he is. But what really inspired me, here's uh, here's the thing with me and horror films. I can't do horror films because yeah. I get scared. Tell him the story about when you were a kid. Oh, my gosh. Okay, don't <laughs> let me forget about Scott Derrickson. Okay. When I was like 10 or 11, I was at my friend. Oh, here we go. I'm going to call him out. Oh. Hi, Brett Brainia. What a name. That's another name. I know. Brett Brainia. That's a great name. That was fourth or fifth grade. He was one of my best friends ever. He now lives in Chicago. We're still connected. Okay, so Brett Brainian. Oh gosh, I don't know if Brett Brainian knows the story, so I'm going to totally out oh, myself this is now. Awesome. Oh jeez. Okay, so go. Brett Brainian and Nathan Conroy, I think, another one of my friends I remember, we were at Brett's house. It was like a sleepover, and they said, "Okay, you guys, let's watch a movie." And they pulled out on their VHS tapes that were <laughs> in their armoire. Uh, Friday the thirteenth. Now, 
I back then to this day still I cannot go see scary movies. Like my friend Matt Nightingale, who's going to be on the podcast next month, was trying to get me to see Hereditary with Tony Collette. I could not see it because the trailer is yeah, just too scary, so too scary. scary. I can't do that. Okay, so Brett Brania, VHS tape, fifth grade. I start pretending like I'm sick. All of a sudden, they're getting How the popcorn. How far did you get into the movie? Did they <laughs> I don't think it start? even started. <laughs> I think they were popping the popcorn with those Jiffy Pop things over the, the flame in the oven with the mom. And I was like, oh, Mrs. Brainia, oh, my stomach hurts. I, I think I need to call my mom. And I'm like getting, you know, like putting my hair, my acting skills. My acting skills yes. were going into a full speed action. And I started like going to the bathroom and I think I sprayed like, like water in my eyes so they looked like they were kind of you know crying or baggy and I got my mom on the phone I'm like mom get here right now I'm freaking out they're showing a scary movie and my mom said I'll be right there and my mom came and rescued oh, me so I did gosh. not have to watch that scary movie because I would get nightmares and it would just freak me out now and your friends just thought you were sick <laughs> until this <laughs> they day didn't, they didn't until 30 years later they know <laughs> I was a wimp okay so here's what inspired me from the mouth of Scott Derrickson. He said the reason why he's so drawn to horror movies is because he feels as as if those stories are some of the best stories that delineate between dark and light. Some of the best stories that tell us the realities of the spiritual realm. He wanted to make a movie about demons and exorcism because they're real. And I too believe they're real. And those films help us and remind us, sometimes scare the beep out of us Mm -hmm. and they give us an awareness of there we do need justice in this world we do need the the forces of good we do need god we do need to have an awareness that there is a being and beings that we don't see that are, are at work in the world so all that to say i think the you know the film and tv industry is a great reminder that a we all love stories why do we watch film and TV? Because we want to see stories. We want to, we could say we want to zone out. We want to laugh. Be entertained. We want entertainment. But it's those stories that entertain us. Sometimes we'll turn the TV because the story sucks. You know, mm-hmm. we'll turn it off because it's bad acting or whatever. Sometimes we'll deal with bad acting or bad production value if the story is good sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. So I have really been able to see, for me, certain TV, certain movies really highlight the the bigger transcendent themes of life you know hope mm-hmm. and forgiveness i'm always bawling and, and at the same time being healed with movies like uh finding nemo or any kind of film or story that has a redemptive parent-child relationship partly because of my own redemption that i've experienced with my mom and dad through multiple divorces and you know the pains of the feelings of abandonment and rejection that i felt growing up as a kid as well as the greater themes of God accepting me and adopting me and the feeling that I've had redemption from a father figure that is in heaven. As you know, we see in scripture, that's how God is referred to as a heavenly father. So I think the film and TV, you know, um, draw for me is just that is I want to create stories that make people think about dark and light. I'm not going to be doing a scary movie. That's for sure. Definitely not a slasher movie with an ax and some guy coming out from a boat underneath the water <laughs> oh, with a ski mask and some whatever. No, Freddy Krueger too. All that. Oh, oh. oh. I, I won't do that. Yeah, I promise. But I definitely might do some, you know, uh, thriller type action movies or th- anything that can help us understand like neighbor, my film neighbor on mm-hmm. Amazon 
had, you know, uh, a homeless man who was beat up, but he was trying to do good and stand for justice. So those types of things uh, are how, why I think and believe that TV can be a powerful medium for us and film can be a powerful medium for us to experience God. Some people say that the theater is a holy space for them, like a temple, like a sanctuary, like a worship center, and I wholeheartedly believe that. And I think I can impact more people with telling stories through film and TV than I can as a person who's just limited to a a Sunday experience. Hmm. What question would you pose to listeners to have them think about movies that have impacted them? Like, Hmm. I feel like at one point we had discussions with people around the table and we, um, had answered, like, think back to a movie that deeply affected you and see if you can recognize why or Mm -hmm. how would you phrase that so that people can actually think about movies in a way that maybe they didn't realize Mm -hmm. God was doing something. I think anytime you feel something in a movie, that's a really interesting observation to make is why did you feel whether it was angry or uncomfortable or sad or hopeful or, you know, laughing to the point of, tears and your stomach hurting I think those elements of emotions for for filmmakers are really important right so I can speak on the side of making a movie is we want you to feel something when we're making a movie we want to move you emotionally in some way we just saw Jurassic World right I did get emotional at one point and it was surprising. And I don't want to say it because it was, you know, that would be a, a, spo- a spoiler. Yeah. But I thought, why am I getting emotional right now mm-hmm. in, in Jurassic World? Well, that's a, a telltale sign. It was a, a moving relational scene, right? It was a moving relational. It wasn't about the dinosaurs. I, I'm sorry. I could care less if those dinosaurs lived or not. <laughs> but when you deal with a, a child and a parent and that type of thing, I go, I'm moved. And why am I moved? Because I am a child with a parent and I am a parent with a child. And so mm-hmm. that goes back to the basic human relationship ever. And so I would say, you know, podcast listeners, strangers, friends, whatever we're going to call you guys, think back to when you, to a movie that marked you in an emotional way, to a movie that, that instead of getting up right away, you sat even just for a minute or two longer. Uh, everybody's talking about the Mr. Rogers documentary mm. that every theater has been uh, really responding emotionally mm. to him and to his story. And, and why, why is that? Cause we're living in, in a time and space where you can see all over the, the news, people being horrible to one another, people being racist and misogynistic and demeaning and devaluing to other human beings. And we're looking for stories that remind us that we're loved and we're included and we're welcomed. Hmm. So another way to think about it is, um, has there ever been a story or a movie that seemed to wash over you to or to read you in a way that you didn't expect. Sometimes we go into certain to consume, you know, film and Mm -hmm. TV, and then it ends up actually consuming us in a way. I think that's a really telltale sign that might seem kind of meta or too spirit, too deep or spiritual. But I think just being aware, like even being present to let the story move you, wash over you. And if you're interested in doing kind of more thinking or studying on that, there is a website called Real Spirituality, R-E-E-L, realspirituality.com. 
It was actually started from the seminary that I went to, and they do a lot of discussions and actually have curriculum. You can watch certain TV programs or watch movies and actually have discussions with these guided questions. Or another resource I would offer you is by Elijah Davidson. He wrote a book called How to Talk to a Movie. And again, giving you some questions uh, to help evaluate what you're learning. Because, you know, some filmmakers come heavy handed. They, they have this message that they want you to walk away with. And other filmmakers come with questions that they want you to ask yourself or ask of the movie mm, and engage good. in a discussion. <clears throat> that's good. I'd love to see if we could get something going on um, the Holy Cannoli Facebook page or something where people can share some movies that really affected them and maybe why, because mm. that'd be cool to just, maybe we could watch some movies we hadn't thought of mm. with that perspective. Mm-hmm. I know that movie Get Out, mm-hmm. it won awards, right? Mm-hmm. This past season. Best screenwriter, uh, Jordan Peele, but he's also nominated for best director and best movie. Yeah. I remember that one was a little scary mm-hmm. for me. I watched mm-hmm. it alone mm-hmm. one night and, um, <laughs> and yet that one had, a powerful message and stirred a lot of people and a lot of chatter. So if you're okay with some scary stuff, I recommend get out. And that was one film that I was not scared by. I was more on the edge of my seat. Like it was a thriller. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't as, uh, yeah. I mean, it's funny because the golden globes put it in the musical comedy category, oh. which is so weird. Right, because they were talking as if the film was, you know, satirical, which uh-huh, it was, uh-huh. but it had this sort of um, suspense. It was a suspense Ooh. thriller, I would yeah. call it. So, yeah, that's yeah. true. So if you're someone like me who would uh, avoid horror, like the horror genre, I might encourage you to see this too, especially in the context of the race discussion that it surfaces. Cool. Um, okay, maybe one more question because we're kind of okay doing um, good on time, cool. but let's. Wrap what you got, it up babe? With, what you got? I guess I want you to tell people about Brave Maker. Like you've alluded mm. to, mm-hmm. so you left your job of 20 years and yeah. you launched Brave Maker. What's your heart for that? What's your dream mm-hmm. for that? What is it about? Mm-hmm. So, gosh, this is really, it's, it's exciting. It's entrepreneurial. It feels as if I'm starting a company and I am starting a nonprofit organization. I have to admit, I'm really scared. I, at this point, I'm a month into it. I mean, it, it, it roughly started probably about three months ago, but since, you know, I left my old job, I've been one month in Brave Maker full time mm-hmm. and I've got a great board of directors that have been super supportive and helping me and going through all the literally IRS and California incorporation process, uh, stuff that's really outside of my strengths. I'm not a good administrative person, although I've had to learn over the years. I've always dreamed of having a really great administrator and in some ways it hasn't always worked out to my expectations. So I've had to learn to deal with my, you know, it sounds so silly, deal with my own calendar, deal with my own emails. Now mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm, I'm following, <laughs> you know, I'm filing my own paperwork to the IRS. Scary. But Brave Maker was birthed because uh, I really believe, again, one of those holy, strange, transcendent moments. Again, I thought we'd go to L.A. I thought we were going to totally move, pick up everything, and start afresh. Mm-hmm. We did a lot of talking and praying. You and I did. I had a lot of people that I was consulting. What should I do? And two or three different people really confirmed you know, staying in the Bay Area would be a good decision 
because I have so many connections and people know me in the Bay Area and uh, especially in Redwood City. And I'm known in the church world, which is a nonprofit entity, to be able to start something much like I started something called Street Life um, which was known as Street Church 18 years ago. It became its own 501c3 that I could start with this idea that I want to support artists and I want to support organizations that want to be creative. Mm-hmm. So Brave Maker is meant to be a support to individual artists who are trying to launch their work and businesses, churches, schools, whoever would want to enlist my help for consulting, for helping, literally helping get you get a plan to create videos or to become a more creative community. And because of all my years working in in the arts within the organization I was a part of and then being an actor and filmmaker, writer and director now, I've gained all this experience and I had to learn it on my own. So Brave Maker came from what I learned doing it on my own, in my own way. And it came like through a lot of sweat, blood and tears. And it came because... I, you know, this is hard to say, but I felt as if I, I was just waiting for someone else to help me. I was waiting yeah. for a mentor. I was hoping someone else was going to come in and rescue me or like Mark and Jay Duplass, you know, say I was waiting for the Calvary to come and whip, you know, sweep me off my feet and whisk me away into the beautiful horizon of creating and filmmaking. And it never happened. It didn't, it's still not happening. I'm, I'm, I feel I'm trying, I'm having to pioneer it myself. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the past few months of wondering what God was doing as I was feeling just unsettled and leaving my, my old job, the affirmation came, you know, finally that Tony, you need to start something. I, I always had a hard time with this word entrepreneur for myself. I always felt as if everybody else was an entrepreneur, but me, I've never been one that has made a lot of money. I've always been, you know, my family was very blue collar, you know, middle, lower class, you know, living. And I don't say that demeaning. It was like, that was just, we were hard work. Yeah. We had to work hard, blue collar, and we didn't have things given to us. We weren't, we didn't come into money. Uh, we never got money. We got, we had enough. And so when I thought of entrepreneur, I always thought of somebody who was like a Silicon Valley millionaire or billionaire. And I felt excluded from that. And I still am (laughs) excluded from that. I hope uh, someday I'll be able to provide and uh, launch other people and be generous with my finances. But to take on that word felt so scary because of that and so many other reasons. But now I am. I'm going, okay, I think this is what God's called me to do. I am a starter. I am an initiator. I am a pioneer. I am an uh, an apostle, to use a Bible word, but I'm an entrepreneur. And so Brave Maker is going to be that. It's going to uh, help other people. I wish there was a Brave Maker for me. I've already had multiple meetings with people to help them launch their projects, doing, you know, consulting sessions with them to help get what's in their head onto a paper, to a whiteboard, and then into the world, into their computer and making things, whether it's music or film or writing their book. That's what I want to do, as well as I want to do my own films too. I'll keep writing and directing. You can go to 33daysfilm.com to see the film I'm doing right now. And I would encourage you to come to the Tenderloin in San Francisco on July 14th with me as we do a whole service day for City Impact in which Roger Huang, the founder of City Impact and the star of the story, 33 Days, is going to be leading 2,000 people to help the poor do foot washings, deliver food, that mm-hmm. type of thing. So yeah, so bravemaker.org, check it out. 
uh, it's a nonprofit. So I am looking for financial donors and thanking God because I have three people who have already started us with our budget. We're trying to raise a budget for a year so that, you know, for my salary, as well as hire staff, I've been given a space to have my offices like that's awesome space in San Carlos and I've been given it rent free for a year super cool thankful to Tony Turriello for blessing me with that but we've raised 10% of our budget the goal is uh, I want to raise 50% by September so if if you are willing or interested to become a financial partner with us bravemaker.org check it out and it will be tax deductible you can donate through PayPal you can send checks and I would be so grateful to have your support so that I could do this life-changing work. I really believe brave stories change the world. And so I want to live a brave story. I want to help other people live a brave story. And if you are a person of faith, view it like this is like a missionary work. Like I am being sent into mm-hmm. the world to redeem creativity. I want to help churches. I want to help creatives. I want to help you. If you're listening to this saying, hey, I have an idea. I wanted to write a book. I wanted to start a job. I wanted to create a website. I wanted to be a designer or a musician. Let me help you. I would love to help you. Mm -hmm. I think a key part to the missionary piece totally rings true because it's not just the content that you're creating, that you're trying to point people to God and his love and his redemption, Mm -hmm. but the people that you bring alongside Mm -hmm. with you that you have editors and cinematographers mm-hmm. and actors and people to provide food. And mm-hmm. all of those people are getting to experience God's love yeah. with you at the helm, yeah. bringing them together, encouraging them to do what they're good at and creating a little community on set. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's so powerful. I don't know if many people recognize like how mm. that is missionary work. That's you yep. going to people and um, building relationships with them yep. and showing them that they're loved and valued and seen and mm. um, appreciated. Mm. I have so many stories with that. We can close with this, but you know, one of my good friends, Jeremy Valdez, Jeremy Ray Valdez, he's, we're now writing some projects together. We met on the set of 1440 and Counting, and we've had so many cool talks about God. Now he's a dad, and uh, he invited me to do the dedication for his a son in August in, in in LA. And I just thought like, what a cool thing that we have this four year friendship now mm-hmm. and we pray together and he's an actor and he's in the world of, you know, Hollywood and he's going to impact people and he is impacting people by mm-hmm. what he's learning about God. Or I just think of the, the different people that have come onto set who have been closed to God or closed to church because they're, they're gay or they're a person of color who has felt uh, objectified or the church has been, you know, exclu- they're ex- wounded exclusive. They're wounded. The yeah. yeah. And they would never walk into the, you know, the structured religious buildings that we have on Sundays, but I get to have conversations and I get to learn from them too. I, God actually changes me. There's this, mm-hmm. this girl who, she was so cool. She was a, she called herself a Catholic Muslim Catholic Muslim, is that right? Or Catholic, yeah, Catholic Muslim. And she was just so outside of the box for me, but she talked about this holy moment she had on a bus. 
she never said the word Jesus at all, but she felt like so she, her, her whole being was illumined as she watched a mother and her baby, and she was all alone, and she was in um, this other country trying to figure out her life, and she felt this warmth come over her mm. that led her to, to, to understand there was a God, there is a God. She said, I'm not sure what or who it is, but I know there is one, and I need to figure it out. And we had great conversations. Cool. Uh, and you know, she never had a quote-unquote conversion uh, or took on a label of, you know, like Jesus follower or anything, but I think she was definitely experiencing God. And I was so grateful to cross paths with her for a year Mm. in Redwood city before she moved away. So yeah, the brave maker, this type of work that I want to do, I want to bring hope. Uh, I want to bring validation. I want to see people. And I think one of the bravest things people can do is to see their dreams come true is to go after their dreams because it's scary. It's scary to create and put your work out there. It's scary to say, I don't want a job that is deflating to me. Or it's scary to leave your hometown and go to a place where you know it's better for you to live because that's where the connections are. So brave stories change the world. Brave people change the world. Your stories need to be out there. So let me help you bravely make them. Sweet. Okay, that's it. All right. Thanks for listening. Check out coombregear.com. Yeah. Check out bravemaker.org. Check out Scott Derrickson. Yeah, Dr. Strange. Dr. Strange guy. Those are our show notes, people, right there. And, <laughs> and watch Tony's film Neighbor on Amazon Prime. Oh my gosh, actually, great idea because it actually took place on July 4th, and this oh, is going to go up sweet. on July 4th week. That's awesome. Yeah, this watch Neighbor. Time. It's a it's perfect. easy. Yeah. Do it. And it's all about freedom in a unique way. Bye. Cool. You can post questions or suggest topics for the podcast on our Holy Cannoli Facebook page or use the hashtag Holy Cannoli Podcast on Twitter and we might read your question or suggestion on air. Thanks for listening to Holy Cannoli. If you liked my dad's podcast, please subscribe. Give it a review and share it with someone you think would be encouraged by it.